You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Welcome to this edition of the Church Doctor Report. Oh, this is a good one. I hope that you will listen to this carefully because God is really speaking to Christians today. Our title is The Spiritual Cycle. Where are you? And where is your church? (laughs) You've probably uh, heard the joke. How many Christians does it take to change a light bulb at church? The answer? Who said anything about change? (laughs) Yeah, about every pastor has heard that one. You know, so many believers are in the dark about the movement dimension of faith. It's human nature to drift toward faith that is fixed. At its extreme, it's called religion. The practices of faith, the containers, the programmatic elements, the way we've always done it. And so what happens is there's cycles that churches go through. And the cycles occur on three distinct and different levels. Level number one is about you and me. It is personal faith, level number one. When we're baptized, we get a rebirth certificate, so to speak. And it's better than a driver's license because it never needs to be renewed. Or does it? You see, spiritual renewal is powerful and should be just part of life for every believer. Level number two is your church. Depending on um, wealth, uh, we uh, often like to build awesome places of worship that are built to last forever. Uh, So we think. Some even believe these structures are more spiritual if we use a style as we worship together, as we operate, that is based on our faithful ancestors of several centuries ago. So many Christians cling to styles and dress codes baptized as sacred, but they are out of date. They don't work in a world that is constantly changing. What happens? You get a membership certificate when you join a church that lasts longer than your car insurance, as if it's, I don't know, some kind of magic document. Well, level number three represents the bigger picture, Christian movements. And, of course, that's at every level, both personally and in our churches as well. Christian movements are defined by geographical areas, sometimes denominational uh, names, groups of churches that affiliate with one another for one reason or another. Yet in truth, honestly, they don't last forever either. In fact, it's only been the last few hundred years that there have been denominations And I'm not sure they're God's plan for the future. I don't mean that negatively or critically. 
But the cycle moves on. So let's talk about cycles. In these three forms, the three levels, the Christian faith goes through cycles. As much as we want to pretend that our faith is static, rock solid, never changing, Jesus launched a movement, and movements move. Now, it makes some believers uncomfortable because right away they think, what, change? Well, you shouldn't change what you believe, the doctrine, the Bible, the teachings of Jesus, but everything else, if it doesn't change, the powerful message that never changes won't get through. We padlock it into history. So perhaps we get fixated on the wrong issues. In truth, movement change contributes to spiritual effectiveness on all three levels. Uh, the definition of spiritual effectiveness is tied to constant renewal, personal, church, movement. You know, history demonstrates that most churches and movements go through cycles over time, and that means people do too. Without renewal, a refocus on essentials, religion will overrun faith every time. We Christians can easily fall into a rut. As a movement, we grow, then we plateau, and then we decline. I would call that decline spiritual drift. Now, many of us have presently traveled the cycle a few times in our own lives. If you think about it, we have our ups and downs. We're human. Renewal is a season of spiritual vitality. It is the foundation for effective mission. Sadly, Christian history is a story of growth, plateau, decline, and sadly, often death. In the early centuries after Jesus, you know that much of the Mediterranean world was substantially Christian, <laughs> but it isn't today. On any level, no massive movement, few churches, only a handful of believers, many of them tied to religious rituals the way we've always done it. Most of the believers in the Mediterranean world today are those Christians who are tourists visiting the sites of early churches. And much of what they see is in ruins. Christianity in that part of the world is in ruins. Remnants of spiritual vitality and a day long gone. Well, the cycle is likewise apparent in Europe as well. Cathedrals are primarily tourist destinations. If you've been there, you know that. They are amazing museums that stand as a testimony of a time long ago when faith flourished and the Christian movement moved many people. They're remarkable relics that stand as tombstones of the faith movement. They no longer spiritually influence the masses of people. They are monuments of religion, yet memories and only memories of vibrant faith.
I want to just talk a little bit about England and the renewal that's taking place in some of the churches there. Twenty years ago, Church Doctrine Ministries discovered a renewal movement occurring in England because they have a culture much closer and language much closer to North America. We thought that would be a good place to study renewal. And so we spent the first few years diagnosing these churches, their leaders, and the environment of refreshed spirituality. And as church consultants, we recognize that effective renewal and productive outreach is as much caught as it is taught. That's something we Christians really need to remember. It's not just taught. It's not just academic. It's also caught. Actually, Jesus' pattern was both. Simultaneously, he helped the disciples catch it, and he taught it. So, back to England. We started taking groups of Christians to England each year. We've done that for the last 20 years. We visit with the leaders and their churches. And let me tell you what we've learned. And the people that we've taken with us have experienced renewal is infectious, not in the sense of the novel coronavirus, but in the potential for a movement, even here in North America, anywhere, anywhere people are willing to accept renewal. The churches in the British renewal movement are in a stark contrast to all the other majority of churches in that country. We estimate that there are about, oh, maybe 250 to 300 churches in this movement. They include some small churches in various settings, as well as very large cathedral-like churches, like Holy Trinity Brompton in the London area, which operates out of multiple sites, amazing movement of its own. But they have this in common, this renewal this refreshed Christianity. The theological posture of these churches is more biblically conservative than most of the Anglican churches, and yet most of these are Anglican churches. Yet many of these congregations remain an influencer now, after several years, of the actual Anglican movement, where bishops and some of the higher-ups are beginning to say, you know, we can't go on the way we were. Maybe we ought to take a look at these churches. And now they are influencing up the scale to the denominational leaders. It's not all the leaders pushing down, but the movement is rising up. You know, these churches that we look at in England have some older long-term members and many young adults. While most uh, British churches are practically empty for worship, these congregations are packed with vibrant Christ followers, excited about their faith. It is an environment that I cannot put into words. But honestly, for me personally, and for the many people that we have taken to England each year for the last 20 years, When we visit some of the worship services in these churches, I myself come unglued still. 
even though I've been there all these times. And so do the people we bring. I mean, we cry. And not because we're sad, but because we're so moved. It's such a moving experience. That's the caught part of the dynamic. And that's what a lot of churches in the U.S. are missing. You've got to catch it as well as learn about it. So these renewal churches in England are spiritually sound. To be practically honest, the worship styles are somewhat contemporary, yet have all the elements of sound worship style elements that are historical pillars of the church, but their outreach mechanisms are strategic. They are contagious communities operating in a secular society, and they are breaking the cycle of decline in England. It is a phenomenal experience. And they continue to develop innovative tactics to reach unchurched people. I learn something every time I go there, something new. They're ahead of us by, oh, maybe 20 years in renewal, even even among the renewal churches in the U.S. and Canada. But they continue to be ahead of us. It's like a classroom of the future for any church, any church leaders, any Christians who really want to see lost people reached for Jesus Christ. Yeah, these approaches are born from renewal. They have universal applications, and that's why they fit every church anywhere. You know, Scripture addresses this approach in Hebrews 12, 1 through 17. And I'm going to quote this several times as we go through it from the message version of the Bible, which is not a study Bible, but it is a contemporary understanding of what the words in Scripture mean. So in Hebrews 12, 1 to 17, the writer says, strip down, start running, never quit. Now that's a mouthful. Uh, Strip down, get rid of the things that are in the way and hold you back. Start running and be ready to get in there, dig in and say, you know, I'm not content with going through the motions. Some people call playing church and start running. Never quit. Never quit. Renewal isn't easy, just wonderful. You know, these are challenging and encouraging words for Christians and church leaders, for congregations and denominations that are presently in decline. But that doesn't mean they aren't good words. You know, we hear Christians say this so often. You know, we once flourished as a congregation, but that was decades ago. We now have fewer in attendance, and honestly, most of them are older. What can we do? Well, to answer that, let's go back to Hebrews 12. It continues by saying, keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished the race. Well, we already heard about strip down, start running. Now we need to finish the race. This isn't like a quick fix program. This is a race. It needs to be run. In truth, most readers today 
might see this prescription as primarily theological or spiritual. Just believe. Just have the right teaching, the the right biblical doctrine. Get all the I's dotted and the T's crossed the right way. Do your worship the right way, whatever that is. Focus on Jesus alone. There's more to church than that. That's a good start. But the writer of Hebrews has much more in mind. Hebrews continues, Study how he, Jesus, did it. How he did it. So, while spiritual renewal begins to move the Christian cycle in a positive direction, tactical approaches, how Jesus did it, the the tactics of missions, how to be a missionary to your neighbors, how you do it, how you share your faith, how you posture your church, how you reach your community. All of those things are valuable as well. So the writer of Hebrews continues, when you see yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. And then the writer says, why? He says, and I quote, that will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Not just your mind, not just your body as you run this race, but into your soul. It's a spiritual injection of mission. You see, the concept here is focus. Most churches, most Christian movements, even most denominational groups, begin with great zeal to do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus, growing them in the faith and into discipleship. They're focused on mission in the beginning, mission to their communities and beyond to the world. However, without constant refocus on renewal, Christian people drift from spiritual mission to religious country club. Now, let's be clear about something. I don't want to be critical here. I'm talking about people and churches that are not bad people. They have simply slipped from Jesus' mission and missed the tactical approaches that work in changing the world. And it's complicated because the world continues to change and require different tactics to reach different kinds of people. And so what happens is many churches add programs to support those who are already members. And what happens with that is that mission gives way to maintenance, and clutter saps the energy of the congregation. And you know what that means? Decline is on the horizon. Death is down the road. This has gone on for centuries. This is not something new. You can see this in history. You can see it in many places of the world. And a lot of folks right now in North America can see it in their own church if they're willing to look. But I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be that way. The cycle can be broken. And over the last several decades, we've helped hundreds of churches catch the power of God's renewal. You can do this. 
You know, a picture's worth a thousand words. It's not just a cliche, it's true. You know, Jesus was always using picture language with his followers. Why? Pictures help people grasp transforming concepts of renewal. Look, after consulting over 2,000 churches from 78 denominations, non-denominational, and independent churches, some of those pictures of transformation we use with churches are unforgettable. Here's how it works. When we provide an oral report to a church in the consultation process, uh, we've done the work, we've, we've uh, given numerous surveys to the people, getting their input. We have interviewed a cross-section of the church and, and received a lot from them. Then what we do is, is we have this oral report. And many of the congregational members attend with great interest, of course. They would. They want to know what we've discovered. We've been poking and prodding at them for a long time. They want to know, hey, what'd you learn? And they want to learn what we will recommend. During our presentation called the Oral Report, we use a PowerPoint to show numerous graphics, including snapshots up on a screen of their historical membership and how they've grown, plateaued, declined, grown, plateaued, declined, whatever, all these different cycles that churches go through. We, we show their historical membership. We, we also have a graph about their worship attendance. We also put up a graph about their age categories and the trends that have changed over the years what the median age is of the people, and whether they are getting younger or older as a church body of Christ congregation. And I'm telling you what our consultants see as we look at the crowd, as they look at those screens, is hard to put into words. You talk about getting people's attention. Yes, a picture is worth at least a thousand words. When I was a pastor in my first church, I inherited a congregation in an inner city that was declining by 67% the previous decade before I got there. And I actually, as I learned how to help churches by going through uh, long-distance learning and uh, some courses at a mission school, as I learned more and more and I knew how to do this diagnostic work, I actually, in a sermon, showed our congregation pictures of its historical membership and attendance. It was an unforgettable picture for those people. And it was the beginning of openness toward renewal and openness to say, how are we going to be effective at this time in history, even though many years ago we were very effective, but those approaches, those tactics are obviously not working in this new reality. 
You know, it's really hard to put into words what we see as we look at those people looking at those graphs. It's amazing. You see, and you can take this to the bank. You see, seeing a picture of performance is often shocking. However, as hard as it is, it opens people to renewal tactics. And that is why Jesus used picture language all the time with the disciples. He said to the disciples, look at the harvest fields. They are ripe and ready to be harvested. And if you go through the Gospels, you hear that type of picture language all the time. Along the cycle journey, God raises a few prophets to speak up. And I promise you there are some in your church. There are some in every church. Why? Because God is God and he's in charge. You may not know who they are. They may have never had a platform to speak up. All they need is an invitation. They are the forerunners. They are the chargers. And their message, once they understand what's going on, is very simple, but very profound. Their message is, we need to get back to basics. Truthfully, not every church wants renewal. But if you haven't tried, you don't know. You can't. So many churches surprise themselves when they know the facts and get some help. Others, there are too many people, too strong, strongly voiced people, who say, change? Who said anything about change? And they're counting the days, hoping that they will die before their church closes so they can be buried from their church. Not really a powerful mission strategy. Change. Who said anything about change? The answer is Jesus. It is also the Bible. It is surely the Apostle Paul, the writer to the Hebrews. It includes some churches in England and elsewhere throughout the world, throughout Christian history. Yeah, that who is talking to us about mission change. Let me pray for you. Uh, Lord, we are in challenging times and places in many of our churches in North America and elsewhere across Europe and many other places where we're on the downside of the cycle. But Lord, we know that you have power beyond anything else to change our churches. And we're willing to admit, Lord, that maybe we need change because, after all, we are church. So, Lord, I ask that you would just speak your words of both comfort and challenge 
to every person who hears this podcast. And we will collectively trust you as we take even baby steps in renewal. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.